All right, Marlins fans, we should be live here on Swings and Mishes on Twitter and Periscope. Uh, we're going to let a couple of folks tune in with us. Hey, look at that. The numbers are already going up as as we uh, as we sit here and watch. I am the co-host and producer of Swings and Mishes, Jeremy Taché, joined as always by Craig Mish. Craig, the Marlins just won a playoff game. The Marlins just won a playoff game 5-1. to one. An outstanding performance from Sandy Alcantara. We'll get into all of the details here on this show. But Craig, before we get into anything, what are your takeaways overall in regard to how the Marlins performed today and what that win was like from your experience? Yeah, and and thanks to everybody who who is to, who are tuning into this. We really appreciate it, first of all, and thanks for supporting us here at Swings and Mishes for sure. We'll have this for every post game. And we're going to have some guests along the way, too. So make sure you stay tuned to us because we're going to have it all for you. We're going to cover it all for you as well. Look, this is the epitome of, of sort of what's been going on all season long for them. And and I and I think more than anything else, what, what's really happened is that every game has kind of been the same for me. It's like you don't expect them to win, but then they do. Right. And, and that, and that's sort of what happened again today as I was watching the game and it was going through and it was playing itself out and we'll kind of dig a little bit deeper into this, but as we got into the game and then after Ian Happ hit the home run, you know, I mean, you hate to say that you were starting to write a eulogy a little bit on the game, but it, it didn't, there was nothing to indicate that all of a sudden that their bats would just come alive the way they did and put a five spot on the Cubs. But that, but that has been the story all season long. It's been things that have been unexpected and things that you can't account for. And, Mm -hmm. and that's really been uh, what they've done all season long. So I I guess we shouldn't be surprised (laughs) that, that this is uh, that, that this is what they are and this is who they are. And so Don Mattingly had his post game, and he talked, and I know that they're going to have the players on there too. Uh, we're going to have some guests here on the show as well. They're going to comment on what's been going on here. But look, certainly, I couldn't be happier to to see this happen, and and for that group that has gone through this to think, Jeremy, that at this stage, just the grand scheme of it, and we'll get into the nuances. But the grand scheme of it, if you're watching mm-hmm. this, they win tomorrow and they move on. Like, I mean, that, that, if that doesn't Crazy. hit you, like they, they're one win away now, as fast as this all happened to advancing to the next round. And mm-hmm. certainly we'll have to see who that ends up being against. And the fact that we can even get into that at this point is, uh, is something to behold. So a very big win, their biggest franchise win since 2003. There's no question about that shortened season or not. Corey Dickerson delivered the biggest hit in years. Yeah, <laughs> in yeah. years for the Marlins, and then Aguilar added on to that, and of course Sandy Alcantara, who I asked Don Mattingly about it just a couple of minutes ago, and said that he could even be better than that. And I, I look, I thought he did a great job. I, I don't know how much mm-hmm. more you can ask at a Matting, uh, out of Sandy in a postseason game. Maybe he wasn't as good as he can be, but Donnie, I mean, the guy is pitching his first game ever in the postseason <laughs> on the road. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I guess he could be a little bit <laughs> better than right. what he was, but. I mean, no frustration. They had guys on constantly. They weren't scoring any runs. And the guy just went out there every time and was getting double plays and getting strikeouts. So mm-hmm. what what else can you say about that? So that's where we'll start mm-hmm. off here. Yeah, well, and before I get into Sandy real quick, I, I do see uh, some people in the comments asking about Starling Marte and an update there. As of right now, 
all we know, all that Don Mattingly has told us is he's getting x-rays on that hand as we speak. They're calling it a contusion for the time being. He's obviously a key piece to this team, but let, let's look at the positive for the time being. Obviously, right. they could miss some time, but let, let's just focus on this game and the action. And when we do go back to Sandy Alcantara and, and picking up what you talk about, I think that first, the very first at bat of the game with Ian Happ was actually telling of how today went. Alcantara came out a little juiced, a little, a little over enthused almost as a starter, obviously pitching in your first playoff game, you're going to feel all sorts of emotion. And so for Alcantara to start out that at bat with Hap, who has really been the Cubs best hitter all year for being realistic, looking at the stats, he's been their best hitter all year leading off the game. Alcantara gets behind 3-0. Okay. Alcantara gets behind 3-0 and battles back to get Hap in that very first at-bat, does the same thing against Chris Bryant just a couple at-bats later. And that was the moment where I, watching a young pitcher, went, all right, he's ready for the moment. He's ready for this. And to be able to to battle back like that in the key moments, and, and obviously that's the first inning, but to step up here after what he did against the Yankees, to talk the talk and then walk the walk on that Friday night start, and to come back here starting in his first postseason game where yesterday or, or, or two days ago, he's saying, you know, they're going to have to see my stuff, right? They're going to have to, to face my stuff and we'll see what happens. And that's exactly what happened today. And he was overpowering and outdueled a pitcher in Kyle Hendricks who was terrific in his own right. Yeah. And, and I, and I thought Hendricks was fantastic too. And, mm-hmm. and, very bizarre that just one bad pitch would derail his day, but let, let's also call it what it was. Hendricks is not a guy who walked guys. He walked a few in this game. He also hit mm-hmm. John Birdie as well. I've watched probably three or four of Hendricks starts, and this is pretty much who he is. The mm-hmm. only difference was is that he made one bad pitch to Dickerson, and unfortunately for Hendricks, with two guys on base, it ended up derailing his day. And then at that point, I think, you could sort of sense that this was going to be the Marlins day. I think mm-hmm. really at that point, you knew that that game could switch around so fast, but it's interesting that, that we've sort of also been waiting. It's not to say that Dickerson has had a bad year, but I think that we have been waiting for Dickerson to have a big moment. I, exactly. I don't think that we've had a big moment with the Marlins yet. And it's been 60 games and, and maybe over the course of 162, he would have a big moment, but Aguilar mm-hmm. has had a few Starling Marte, who we're waiting on at this point, uh, and and I see your comments from everybody watching. I'm waiting too. Uh, we'll, we'll get the information. Mm-hmm. We'll give it to you. But Dickerson has not had one of those hits that you would remember. In fact, if you go over the course of the season and say, "Give me one thing that Corey Dickerson did," you, I mean, it may not come to mind immediately, right? but this one will. <laughs> yeah. But this, but this one will, and so that sort of supersedes everything else, and. And and it was just at one bad pitch from Hendricks, whether or not he was tired or not. I think that was pitch maybe 101 or 102 from him. I don't I don't really recall. It was. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he was not as sharp that inning. And and I know that in Chicago, I suppose what they're probably going to be asking David Ross is, did you see anything? And was there any point that you would consider taking him out? Which really isn't a fair question to Rossi mm-hmm. because the guy they brought in next gave up a two run uh, two run <laughs> of course. Home run. So right. I, I don't know that that was valid. This was just a very clean comeback mm-hmm. again. Marlins mm-hmm. win. And and I think that that's the dynamic of what their whole season has been and will be. And we talk about this, this Marlins team specifically piecing together innings. And while 
they haven't lived and died by the long ball. And yet that's what propelled them here. The, the irony though, is that really their ability to piece together innings in the innings prior to the seventh is what got them the opportunity for Dickerson to step up in that situation, right? In the fourth, fifth, and sixth innings, the Marlins left runners in scoring position in all three of those innings. And like you said, at the very beginning of this stream, that had to have every Marlins fan sitting there thinking, all right, this just isn't going to happen. This game, they're just not going to come through with runners in scoring position. You can't do that against the Cubs. You can't do that in the playoffs. And yet, because they worked counts deep early, Hendricks was at 30-plus pitches through two innings. Because they they got some runners on in the fourth, fifth, and sixth. Now, Kyle Hendricks faces Corey Dickerson, having thrown over 100 pitches, now the fourth time through the order. The fourth time through the order. And so... While I agree with you, you can't necessarily second-guess David Ross because obviously Jeffress came in and gave up a home run. On the same note, Don Mattingly, right, in the same exact situation, Sandy Alcantara, runner on base, the next inning, about to face Hap the fourth time through the order, and what he comes in, brings in Richard Blyer, one pitch, one out, you're out of the inning. So the Marlins, maybe it's a lucky break that that – that Hendricks is still in there. A guy, I mean, he looked so good. He is he a, did. He did. a dream of mine yeah. to watch. I love watching guys that can't throw over 90 miles an hour, have guys swinging late. He had guys swinging late more than Alcantara had guys swinging late and only throwing, you know, 87, 88 miles an hour. So for him to have to face Dickerson for the fourth time and Dickerson, like we said, you know, the guy who on this team might've had the worst batting average with runners in scoring position all year ends up coming through in the big moment. and. Aguiar piles on later in the inning. Yeah, I it, it was also interesting that that after about five innings, I was thinking that we're doing this afterwards and thinking, oh my gosh, what are we, we going to talk gonna about? Be, what are we going to be talking about here? And then after Hap hit the home run, uh-huh. I thought, wow, this is going to be boring. What <laughs> <laughs> a one to nothing loss, right? In in your first postseason game, and 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 I was like. I mean, it's not about having faith. It's about being realistic. I mean, the Marlins got some guys on, but them failing to advance runners has kind of been a thing all year. Mm -hmm. You know, it really has. Mm -hmm. So I I was kind of thinking a one nothing game and we're doing this post game and it's not going to be exciting. And, and it's, and it just completely flipped around and um, yeah. yeah, and and it, back to the pitching here for a minute. I know Garcia factored in in the game and, and Kinsler closed it out. Mm-hmm. But in, in terms of big games, and you want your best pitcher to pitch in your first game, and look look at it, look at how the grand scheme of things. And I know we're probably getting ahead of ourselves here, and certainly we'll get into tomorrow. But Sandy pitching and pitching very well in this game, having no issues coming out of this thing, mm-hmm. sets him up perfectly for if they can somehow get through this thing. <laughs> get yeah. to the next round and pitch again in a game one. I mean, it was very clean. There were no stressful innings. He threw, I know he didn't want to come out of the game after the game, but he, I, I thought through the perfect amount of pitches to get him through that. Maybe mm-hmm. he could have faced one more guy, but they chose to go with Blyer in there. It feels like the last game too. It's like they get to that point yep. where it's, it's every game is, and every pitch is just huge. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that kind of, to me, summarized uh, where they are. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for them is is hitting all the right buttons at the right time. And that's been the key with this team all year. You know, in a 60-game season, 
maybe that's maybe that's a benefit that there are less opportunities to blow it. But man, Don Mattingly has hit every single right button himself. Uh, and these players have come up with the key hits when they're needed. And I'll tell you that Aguiar home run was not, you know, wh- while Dickerson may uh, may be our, our player of the game or he's obviously the big moment and the big hit. Goodness gracious, adding a couple of extra runs with Aguilar gives you some breathing room if you're the Marlins relievers. And Garcia and Kinsler were shut down as, as you know, as, man, Brandon Kinsler has had his moments in a Marlins uniform. He will go down as as one of the most interesting relievers for the Marlins ever. And, and for that matter, one of the most successful thus far. I mean, he is very rarely blown saves and for him to come in today i mean it was another one of those when he struck out Baez on on the oath uh the one two fastball on the corner another moment where he's sort of laughing to himself like i don't know how i'm getting these guys out still but here we are it's just this team is has something special about it obviously for for a multitude of reasons for sure um but after a day like today where you see all of the different reasons why the two homers come from the two veterans that you added to be a part of the middle of your lineup for these reasons, right? Sandy Alcantara, who was groomed to be the ace, goes out and throws this game. And now, you know, like you said, tomorrow you've got Sixto Sanchez uh, rolling in game two. So All right. it's a big are we, uh Are we ready to bring in a guest here, do you think? I think we can be ready to bring in a guest as soon as that guest is ready to join us. All right, so we're going to see uh, about having some guests here on uh, on the Swings and Mishes uh, podcast uh, post-game show. And again, this is our first time uh, ever doing this before, so we're going to see if we can bring in a couple of guests as we go yes. here, and we'll carry you all the way through this this Marlins season and this Marlins postseason. And, you know, certainly we hope that you guys enjoy everything that we do here on uh, mm-hmm. on the post-game show. Well, our guest has joined us, so here's a little intro card for him. So, Craig, Clark Spencer is joining us on this post-game show. You want to give a little intro for the folks who I'm sure are very familiar with Clark, obviously, as he's covered the Marlins for years. Yeah, our, our special guest uh, here on Swings and Mishes is Clark Spencer. Of course, he covered the Marlins for uh, longer than anybody that I know, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, and he retired last year, but I thought it would be really important to bring Clark in and get his perspective as uh, somebody who is uh, one of the few people who has who's done this longer than me. <laughs> So, uh, so Clark joins us here on uh, on the podcast, and uh, Clark, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Thanks for joining Back us. Clark. <laughs> so, uh, look, Clark, you, I mean, you, you you covered this team for so long, and 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 there you are here, and 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 you got a chance to at least see a Marlins postseason victory after all this time. Yeah, nothing's changed in seventeen years, right? You know, they, they get into the playoffs, they playoffs uh, so, i mean they haven't won this series yet obviously i mean uh, but good start today they look pretty good yeah and and uh and, and clark look in we've been talking so much about 2003 and and kind of what went on in that series against the cubs but this season is is kind of in a way clark kind of like that season too especially in the postseason there were so many times that we thought that the marlins were done in 2003 and and I think that there was a point into today's game, Clark, where they were down one to nothing. And I mean, if you were doing the post game rap and you were getting ready to write for the Herald, I think that you would have had a portion of your story at least done because it didn't look like they had any offense at all. No, I brought back memories of 03 because they were always a team that, you know, if you remember from 03, it came back. I mean, if you're a member of the 03 Marlins watching this game, you're nodding your head. And you're thinking, okay, they're down one nothing. The Marlins have them right where they want them. 
you know, and, uh, you know, not only did they win, they won every playoff series in franchise history, but at least in 03, they were behind in every one of those three series. You know, they were down one nothing to the Giants in the opening round, 3-1 to the Cubs uh, in the NLCS, and, and what, 2-1 to the Yankees. So, gosh, I don't know if, if some of that 03 magic looked like they might have rubbed off on them a little bit today. Mm. Go ahead, Jeremy. Yeah. Clark, I, I just, with a team like this and seeing the performance that you just saw from Sandy Alcantara, right? A, another young starting pitcher that shades of what Josh Beckett was doing back in 2003. And right. and I just wonder, as you watch this game today, is that is that what you were thinking as well? Um, Absolutely. I mean, that, that team was pit, pitching defense. Yeah, it wasn't mm-hmm. so much a hitting team. They were okay hitting, but it was pitching defense. Now, this Marlins team, I don't think, comes anywhere close defensively to the 03 team but um and and you know the the pitching if you want to compare pitching you know they do have this arsenal of young pitchers but they're still not as seasoned a group as you know the Beckett Penny uh Pavano uh group that they had in 03 so I O'Connor showed a lot of poise today I mean he he fell behind what 3-0 on three of the first four hitters he faced in the game and yet came back, got out of that mess. I mean, that could have been a mess early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, this team really, let's face it for them to, to go anywhere in these playoffs, they've got to get these, these starters, these young starters, and they got to, they got to pitch well, they've got to give them any. And that's a lot to ask of really an inexperienced group, but today you saw, you know, Contra do it. So tomorrow mm-hmm. seeks still, I guess. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, and Clark, I think at this point, um, what we're what we're waiting for is is the update here on uh, Starling Marte. Now, Clark, uh, you know that you know as we kind of move forward is you know, you, and you've been doing this forever. You know, uh, that's going to be the story moving forward to kind of figure out you know sort of where he is at. There was a report that was put up that the injury was more serious than the Marlins indicated, but I believe that they have taken that down. So uh, hmm. I'm not really sure where we stand with that, but. I suppose, Clark, we've seen these injuries before and these hand injuries. Yeah. Look, even even if it's not a break, Clark, I mean, the odds of him playing in tomorrow's game may be a little bit slim. And I suppose that if we mm-hmm. were just going to sort of speculate on the day-to-day thing, you're hoping that he would come back Wednesday, although this may all be irrelevant when we get the results of the x-ray. Correct. And, I mean, I just just from what I saw on TV, I mean, he was moving. He was, like, just moving the hand and being able to flex it. You know, I'm not a physician, obviously. I mean, there could be damage there. And like you said, Craig, I mean, it's at the very least, it's going to be extremely sore for him tomorrow. So, um, yeah, that's a big hit if they lose him. I mean, they, yeah. you know, they, they, don't, they just don't have a ton of depth. And, you know, here's the cool thing about this Marlins team. I mean, this is an unfinished product, right? I mean, this is a work in progress. No, no one – I mean, no one had them going anywhere this season. I know it's a bizarre season with the whole COVID thing, and 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 they only had to play sixty games to get in, but they're here. But which is kind of make, what makes this team special. But this is not the finished product, Marlins. We're like a year or two away from that, but we are seeing really sort of these, you know, these glimmers of what is going to happen in the future. You know, and, and it's really cool what they've done. Yeah, I, I think I think Clark, all of these years that you've been around the team and and I've been around the team and and have covered this thing, and I mentioned earlier today, Clark, and I know that he got a hit today, but we joked via text the other day, and I put a a, a tweet out on social media today. 
could you have ever imagined? And and again, offensively, I'm talking about Chad Wallach. Offensively, <laughs> offensively, we understand there's there's some things to be desired there. But Clark, every time he he's behind the plate, the other team doesn't score. I don't know how many times I have to say this already. So it, it's trying to play. Yeah, it, it's just amazing to me to think how well he has pitched. I just can't. I'm 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 sorry, how well he has caught. I'm just staggered to see that. And I remember, if I'm not mistaken, you sitting in the uh, Marlins press box after he had struck out at least his fourth time in a row. It may have been five, but the fourth time in a row, you I think you slammed something and you turned back toward me and looked at me like, and I was like, I don't know what to say, you know. And and look at him now. I mean, he may not have been the hero of this game, but it's it's undeniable when you have a catcher that is that good behind the plate. It is undeniable, and all the credit to him. I mean, you're right. The, the story you just told actually did occur in the press box after he struck out for the fourth time a couple of years ago. I mean, you know, the, the thing was, why is he even on this team? That's what, you know, I couldn't understand. And, um, you know, I know the thing is dad, Tim, and all that. But, look, the guy, they pitch well when he's behind the plate. So th- that says a lot. And if it works, if that's the recipe, then they're going to keep doing it, I would think. Yeah. Uh, anything else for Clark, Jeremy, before we uh, wrap up with Clark? Yeah, Clark, I guess my thought process here is for you, looking at this Marlins team, you said it's an unfinished product. You know, it's acknowledgeable that that there's still a lot of work to do before this is done. But with a run like this year and with everything that they've done, what do you think, regardless of how the rest of this series goes, what do you think that, that a season like this can do for the organization moving forward as someone who covered the team for so long? I think it's huge for the young players because they're getting a taste of this now. Um, you know, albeit there aren't any fans in the stands, it's a lot different uh, playing at Wrigley when you know there's nobody there than when there's thirty-seven thousand people there. But, but I think this is a huge uh, educational experience for these guys. Even, I mean, I looked at Sixto; he's going tomorrow. You know, the last two right. games have been pretty rough for him, right? And it's the Nationals and the Braves, but the Nationals and the Braves are facing him for the second time. Right. The Cubs have never seen him. And for six, I, I looked at those games. I said, yeah, he's getting roughed up, but this is an education for him. And he needs to learn this stuff going forward. This guy's going to be a, he's going to be a monster, you know, and you, you, you might see it tomorrow again. You might see the six that started the season for the Marlins and how well he pitched. But for all these guys, this is big to be on this stage and, for, and, and to get a taste of winning. And um, yeah, huge. Yeah. Um, last thing, Clark, going into this series, if if it was you and, you know, we've Jeremy and I have discussed this. Like I thought going into the series, the right call was starting Sandy first, Pablo second mm-hmm. and Sixto third. Now, clearly that has worked out because the way that the Marlins have done it, because they've already won the first game. If something happens tomorrow, we hope not. But if it does, Sixto doesn't pitch well. You Darvish pitches great. They still go into game three and they have Pablo at that point. So maybe I guess, Clark, that was the Marlins thinking. But I thought going into this thing, you slammed the door on game two. By the way, Sixto may do that tomorrow. But, Clark, I just don't know how anyone can say that he's going to do that based on what I saw the last two times. No, no. But, again, remember the Nationals and Braves who who really handled them well last time. That was the second time facing them. And Look, he's so young. He's got all the weapons and and, and – we might see that the, the good seek stow tomorrow, and, right. and there's not as much pressure on him tomorrow. Like you said, pitching a game that's not a, a must win for him. 
If he had to go in game three, that might have been a little dicey. But I will say this about watching him pitch. I mean, the guy the guy shows no fear on the mound. He, he looks very mature out there. He doesn't look like he gets rattled. I've been impressed with his demeanor. And, uh, you know, no fans at Wrigley, you know, different than 37,000. So let's just see if the wind's blowing out again tomorrow. Sure, sure. Well, Clark, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate it. And uh, we hope to have you on again throughout the postseason and breaking down these games. We certainly, I know that I miss seeing you at the ballpark. And uh, congratulations on all your success in the horse racing world. Uh, People can find out about that for sure by following you on Twitter at Clark Spencer. And thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. We'll catch up again soon, okay? Anytime. Talk to you guys later. All right, there's Clark Spencer joining us here on Swings and Mishes on our post-game show. We don't know who else is going to stop by yet. We're just going to you know, kind of have to wait and see. But certainly, Jeremy, any uh, any comments we want to uh, yeah, yeah, I think... run through here a little bit? Yeah, People, we'll... if you have questions, go ahead. This is probably the right time to do it. We've mm-hmm. been on for about 15 minutes. So if you have any questions and anything that you want to talk about, go ahead and ask. Yeah, well, first of all, uh, I've noticed uh, p- some people have just joined the 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 stream halfway through here. So, okay. uh, for for Starling Marte at the moment, um, the information that we yeah, have... let me tell you. Okay, oh, so with Starling yeah. Marte, so with Starling Marte, um, so again, you know, with the reporting that I do, there are people that I talk to, and uh, I don't have anything definitive as of yet, and no one wants to say what happened so i'm not i i can't go any further beyond speculating to say this if he was fine i would be told he was fine so Mm -hmm. uh, beyond that i think that we're gonna have to wait to get i i don't want i don't want to speculate on somebody's health for those of you who have followed me throughout in terms of covid too i don't like to put things out there without knowing but no one, no one has sent me a text saying that Marte is, is fine yet, and until that happens, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, unfortunately going to have to err on at least the cautious side, if not the 50-50 shot side. That <laughs> sure. that's something that something has happened, and that's that's not what I wanted to see or hear. But again, with everything that I that I report and have been doing this, you can imagine the people that I'm texting and asking these sort of questions, and I'm not getting anything. Uh, haven't got a text back yet, uh, yet Jeremy, that says yeah. Marte is going to be fine and he's going to play tomorrow. So, right. unfortunately, we're going to have to wait and see until the results come in on that. And and that and that does become a very big story because he's an irreplaceable player, right? And and it's and it's more, it's more along the lines of there's going to be a massive celebration if the Marlins can get through this thing, and there should be. But if the club is taking the approach of taking this day by day and game by game and player by player, then you have to have a little concern about mm-hmm. moving forward with this. But that being said, they won the first game and all they'll have to do is win one of two in Chicago and with, with, with Sixto Sanchez and Pablo Lopez. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you have to, I have supreme confidence that Pablo Lopez in two days from now is going to, get through five or six innings and pitch very well. We know that after that, they're going to need to use the bullpen. Pablo has shown that a couple of times, but we're on deck for tomorrow with, yeah. with another game at two o'clock Eastern to see if the Marlins can close this out. Which is a, a sentence I uh, certainly even an hour ago didn't necessarily expect to be uh, expect to be saying out loud. I will say, um, and, and, and again, you know, sort of looking at the comments here, obviously there are, 
uh, a couple of different options that the Marlins could entertain in terms of replacing Starling Marte. Say he should not be able to play tomorrow regardless of the injury, uh, regardless of the severity of the injury. Obviously, you, you, your two best options with a right-handed pitcher going tomorrow and you, Darvish, would be playing either Jazz Chisholm at second base and moving John Birdie out to center field. Right. Or playing Manieri Sierra in center field, who hasn't played a game in quite a while. He played a little bit out in left field uh, today, sure. and, and, and he's, he's been, he was out there last weekend. But, you know, Manieri Sierra could go back and play center field. And then you could keep Birdie at second base, where obviously he's been. I mean, and then there's days. right, but I, but I think that, boy, like the other option is is to keep the lineup exactly the same and just replace mm-hmm. them with Brinson. It is, and and that and and look for, for Lewis, who has had a great year. You Darvish is not a good matchup for Lewis Brinson. No, <laughs> it is not. not a good matchup for Lewis Brinson, and. I, and I don't know that they have any other choice. He sort of has earned the right, I think, to start mm-hmm. and play in that game. And if and if if Marte is out and they have to make a choice at that point after a couple at-bats, they certainly can do that. But to me, that's probably the the option, that mm-hmm. the way that I see it at this point, where you have Joyce in right, you have Brinson in center, and you have Dickerson in left. I, I don't I don't see any other option right now yeah I mean I I would be I would obviously would be happy to see Lewis Brinson out there in center field as as like you said he has sort of earned this opportunity uh if the Marlins do continue to go matchup based um my preference um and this is just strictly off of off of playing time and and going with hotter bats quote-unquote than others I would personally if not Brinson in center field move birdie out to center and and have Jazz Chisholm at second base he's also a much better defensive second baseman in terms of at the very least arm strength and turning a double play than John Birdie. And then man, I, that almost actually came back to haunt the Marlins today. We forget with all that happened in the final couple of innings, but John Birdie's arm at second base, a couple of times he's been slow to turn double plays today, arguable whether he threw a ball away or Garrett Cooper probably should have had it over at first, but nonetheless jazz Chisholm as that left-handed bat. If, if all of you were asking, if it's not going to be Brinson in center, what's the other option? That's that's how I personally would handle it going into tomorrow. But there's a number of different options. And and, and another conversation is who's behind the dish tomorrow? Because Chad Wallach has certainly earned his playing time, as you mentioned with Clark, in a absolutely fascinating, uh, fascinating uh, uh, turn of events there in the way that his career has shaped up. And and again, I mean, Wallach, Wallach has, has, has earned the right to be back there behind the dish. Defensively, he's been terrific. He's called a great game. You got a young pitcher in Sixto going tomorrow who, like we said, has not necessarily adjusted so well once teams have gotten some tape. So Cubs are facing him for the first time tomorrow. Wallach can call a game. Wallach continuing to get base hits. I am riding Wallach again. Yeah, it's a tough call. It's crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, we got halfway through that game, and when Chad could not get down the bunt, oh, it was like, you know, seeing the comments on on Twitter, you know, because I'm looking at that during yep. the game too. We're just like, this guy shouldn't be playing, and why is he playing? It's so f- crazy how people turn on people so fast. Maybe so I shouldn't quickly. be surprised uh, on it, but. And then to see Chad come uh, come in the game later on and get a hit, I felt a lot better about that, you know. Mm-hmm. But 
I don't know, Jeremy. I don't I don't know that I, I can't sit here and say that Chad Wallach is definitely gonna catch tomorrow. I, I something right. tells me that they feel like maybe they're playing with a little bit of house money at this point, being up one Oh, and, and maybe they, uh, and maybe they go back to uh, maybe they go back to Alfaro. And for what it's worth, you know, without Starling Marte in the lineup, if he is indeed out. And again, we are waiting on confirmation as to whether or not. Yeah. I'm just like, I believe me. I'm like, I'm watching you. I I, I see everybody's comments here, but yeah, like, and I understand that people want to know and they count on me for this sort of stuff. But I, I understand what you're with what everyone's saying. ESPN, ESPN is reporting this. Tell me who specifically as an individual yeah, is reporting this. So I can please uh, double check what, or at least confirm what is being said. Cause I don't see that. And mm-hmm. no one has told me that. Uh, yeah. The only thing that I could tell you here is that the people that I asked and people that would know did not tell me that he's okay. But he did not tell me anything else. But usually, I can only tell you from experience in doing this, when something is okay, they tell me right away. <laughs> That's right. don't right. worry, everything is like, oh, right. okay, you know. So I'll so yeah. I'll let me let me send another text while we're doing this just well, to just to. And be I'll, cool. I'll do my, I'll do a film. You ad lib. You, you're doing really oh. good job ad libbing. So <laughs> <laughs> you, you well, do that. So, so that being said, when when you do bring this up and 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 you do say whether Marte is in the lineup or not, uh, to me, if Marte is not in the lineup, that is a moment where adding Jorge Alfaro to your lineup behind the dish with Sixto might make more sense, right? A guy that is a little more capable of hitting a home run than Chad Wallach is, right? And without Starling Marte in the lineup, without uh, you know, your number two hitter, who's arguably your most complete and your best hitter. Uh, and I don't even really think that's quite arguable. It's your best hitter. You might want to upgrade at other positions where you can. And so the ability to insert Jorge Alfaro behind the dish, where he has a little more power than Chad Wallach, and for what it's worth, has caught Sixto Sanchez more than Chad Wallach has. So whether, you know, whether uh, Sixto is maybe needs Chad Wallach to call a game for him. At least he has the comfort with Jorge Alfaro back there that, you know, there's not a sense of panic. This isn't all of a sudden, you know, if you were, you know, I Jorge Alfaro is not Gary Sanchez behind the dish is essentially what I'm trying to say here. It's not like you're putting a guy who's bad defensively. Jorge Alfaro has a rocket of an arm behind the dish and, can call a, a really solid game. It's it's funny, only in the last two weeks have we started having these conversations, not even two weeks, in the last week, we started having this conversation about whether Chad Wallach was the better option for the Marlins and only because he caught such a great game for Pablo Lopez against Atlanta, only because he caught such a great game for Sandy Alcantara in New York. And now another great game in Chicago. So, you know, he was he was a part. He was one of the runs that scored in the seventh. His base hit the other way was was huge. So um, it, it was a big moment for the Marlins. And to see Chad produce that way was was pretty terrific. Right. Um, we are going to have a guest here on the Marlins uh, coming up uh, pretty soon. So stick with us in the next five minutes. We won't want to give it away yet. And you never know how technical issues can go. Um we do, uh, we do have someone sitting here in the waiting room for us. I would assume uh, that that is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we it. do. Let's go so ahead and do that. While we transition, here are your players of the game. It was Sandy Alcantara and Corey Dickerson. And now, joining us from the Miami Marlins, we have we the one and only. Lewis, congratulations on the win today. How does it feel? 
Thank you. Thank you. It feels great, man. Get that first win out of the way and only need one more to advance. So it feels great. Uh, Lewis, going into the series, there was so much, and, and you could speak to this, so much history of going back to Chicago since the last time the Marlins won a World Series in 2003. Uh, but uh, here you guys are again, and I know that you could speak to that history of watching uh, your favorite player, Juan Pierre, and then here you are in a Marlins uniform. It must be pretty special. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, surreal, um, you know, from the day I got traded over here, man. It's a dream come true. Um, but yeah, since the last time we're, the Marlins are in the playoffs, you know, it was, um, had to go through Chicago and everybody knows how that ended. So, um, it is pretty surreal. I not gonna lie. I looked at the seat, uh, where I thought, uh, he was sitting, um, uh, during PP today. And I was like, man, I, I, um, you know, I remember watching that on TV. So it was pretty surreal. Uh, Lewis, uh, you're watching that game play out and, and you're watching it right there, but you're sitting on the bench at the beginning of the game. What were you thinking the moment that Corey Dickerson stepped up and you guys are down one nothing with two men on? Right man, right spot. I mean, I, I don't know who in the dugout wasn't thinking about that. Um, you know, Corey has uh, been a catalyst uh, ever since he's been in the in the leadoff spot, man. Um, in a situation like that, we are more than comfortable having Corey up there, put a ball in play, hit something hard somewhere, just to, so we can get something going. Um, obviously. Um, uh, you know, happened how it happened. And like I said, man, right man, right spot. We have trust in anybody that steps up there in that in that situation. But to have Corey up there, um, good matchup. He's already seen um, Hendricks twice, um, and he's been working on going the other way a lot in BP. So, you know, you saw the, the work pay off there. You know, Lou, you came into this organization right around the same time as Sandy Alcantara. Obviously, you were both right here from the beginning of this sort of build of the Miami Marlins. Can you talk to me about what it felt like to see him go out and throw the way he did today against the Chicago Cubs in this playoff game? I mean, it was awesome, man. He, um, Sandy has been, you know, you know, he, he's worked his butt off ever since he's, his, ever since he's came up here. Um, Jose's kind of taken him under his wing um, when he first got the call. And um, I know he worked his butt off this offseason to, to get where he's at. Um, all-star last year, man, he's our ace. He's our, you know, he's the one who sets the tone and he definitely set the tone today. Um, he had that look in his eye today and I knew he was going to go out there and give us a good game. So, um, it feels great, man. Um, all the guys that have been here since the, since the start of this whole thing, um, it's special for us, but it's special for everybody in that clubhouse. And, uh, we, I couldn't be more happy for him, uh, that he got the job done today. All right, Lewis, this is the last one, and I know that you want to get back to your teammates and, and certainly, uh, celebrate tonight. And then of course, prepare for tomorrow. So, uh, look, a lot of folks who are watching this right now are certainly wondering. I don't like, you know, we don't really have the answer yet in terms of Starling, but certainly, uh, you know, he was hit on, he was hit there in the hand or on the wrist from, you know, what I'm getting here. It seems like at the very least could be questionable uh, for tomorrow, and we'll certainly wait on that. But, Lewis, the opportunity that sits in front of you maybe even potentially to see time tomorrow, uh, Sixto Sanchez, you guys have pitching on the other side, it will be you, Darvish, and Lou. You guys have a chance to close out the series tomorrow. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, you know, it sucks. Any one of our players get get hit on the hand anywhere close to the to the fingers or the, the wrists or anything, man. It, it's scary. Um, but uh, you know, Star seems like he's in good spirits. Um, you know, we're just glad we won the game. Honestly, um, <laughs> you know, getting that first one out of the way against a club like that, uh, that very dangerous club over there. Um, you know, getting that first one out of the way feels good. Uh, but I think Star's going to be good, man. Um, you know, he's all pull, he's pulling for us to, to, to win every ball game. Um, you know, just like we're going to be there for him. 
and uh, he's been nothing but a great teammate and uh, obviously a great contributor in the lineup, um, you know, since he's been over here. Um, but like I said, man, we're uh, hoping that everything's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see about it, um, you know, later today, but hoping everything's okay, man. But we got to get that win tomorrow, man. It was nice to get this one today, but, uh, you know, our goal is tomorrow. We're not done yet. Well, uh, Lewis, congratulations again on the win. I know that, look, I, I'll be the first one to tell you that I have been critical of your play over the last couple of years, and you certainly have uh, changed my feelings about you and not only the way that you've played, but you have handled yourself phenomenally, um, both to the media and to everybody else outside. And you said it going into the year that this was something that you were ready to put everything else behind you and be yourself. And congratulations on that as well. Just want to make sure that I put that out there as well. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to the club. And certainly we look forward to catching up with you again throughout the postseason. Okay. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Have a good one, guys. All right. Thanks thank you very much. Uh, Lewis Brinson, who um, has, has really put together a very nice year for the Marlins. And I wouldn't be doing myself any justice if I'm not completely honest with the guys as I am all, all yeah. the time. But um, so uh, look, I don't think Starling Marte is going to play tomorrow. Yeah. That that's sort of the, and it has nothing to do with what Lewis said there, nothing to no. do with that, but n- at least from in, in the interim, while this is going on, that's, that's what I'm getting. So uh, questionable at this point, moving forward, we're going to wait and we're going to get, x-ray results i don't know what those are i'm not going to pretend but at this stage based on the information that i'm receiving as we're doing this right now i don't believe you're going to see him in the lineup tomorrow whether or not he plays the next day i think that is at also considered questionable when they say a player is day-to-day normally that is the case now from miami's perspective with their injury reports uh, with all due respect to the marlins they've called guys day-to-day and have been out for the year the next day so you know, I, I can only go on based on the information that I'm being given right now. And and I think that they'll be going into at least face you Darvish without Marte tomorrow yep. based on based on what I'm hearing at this moment. So uh, maybe he's available to pitch run. I mean, that, that's certainly a possibility, but we got to wait to get those x-rays back. By the way, thank you to uh, the Marlins communication staff at, uh, for setting up that interview with Lewis Brinson, because clearly I can't make that happen without them in Chicago. So thank you for that. Uh, any final thoughts here, Jeremy, as we get ready to wrap up here? Gosh, I, I the biggest thing here was Sandy Alcantara's performance today on the big stage, not changing. Uh, you know, Chipper Jones obviously uh, made made a comment at some point throughout that broadcast about how this is different uh, playing in this postseason than previous years where you're going into what would have been a big game in the regular season in Yankee Stadium, right, with fans, going into – Wrigley Field today for a playoff game with fans would have been different than what it was today. But that doesn't change the adrenaline going through a player. All of us were sitting on our couches just as nervous as any other playoff game that has existed in Marlins franchise history. It's been 17 years for us. It's been never for Sandy Alcantara to pitch in a playoff game with those stakes. And he showed up and performed just like he said he would. So to see that in game one, I thought was was special. Um, it, w- it was a moment where you go, all right, this guy's here. You know, he showed up his last couple of starts, his big start we forget in that seven-inning game against Washington where he outdueled Max Scherzer. That's his first win. Then he wins uh, at Yankee Stadium to clinch things here, and now he wins game one. And just to see that happen, um, for, specifically for a guy who was traded in that 
Ozuna, Stanton, Yelich, you know, uh, sort of break. I don't want to call it a breakdown, but basically dismantling um, where they, they brought these stars back in and, and Sandy's looking like that guy. And now tomorrow it's Sixto Sanchez, the guy who the following year you traded JT Riomuto for. So it's setting up to be sort of a storybook first series here. And it, it's just, it's special to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things before we go. Uh, first of all, any other questions that you guys have, if you're watching the stream, get them in now because we're about to wrap up. I'll try and answer them as fast as I can before we are done. Uh, quick note here just for tomorrow. We'll be right back here after the game, post game, win or lose to discuss the outcome of the game. And certainly if the Marlins win, they will have wrapped up the series. So we'll talk about potentially what could be in store for the next round. If they do lose, we'll be back for uh, for game three. Uh, my, my notes here, as I've stated before, and I said on the podcast, you guys could follow, by the way, at Swings and Mishes and download the podcast. Mm-hmm. We usually record one podcast a week. Last week, I said on the podcast that I believe that Pablo should have started game two. Of course, I'm going to stick by that. Yeah. My my concern tomorrow for the game, and I'll ask Don Mattingly in the pregame what he has seen to make him believe that Sixto is ready to pitch in this spot because the last two starts that he's had, as Clark uh, Spencer mentioned earlier, perhaps it's just a matter of team seeing him for the second time, but there is a lot of video now out on those starts, and I'm sure that given Theo Epstein and who he is, can certainly scout Sixto as well. I want to ask Don Mattingly that. I've been waiting to his actual start day to ask that question, so... Uh, I'll ask that question uh, tomorrow. Um, so uh, any final questions here, Jeremy, that we have that we want to go through or? Gosh, all I've seen is people telling me to talk about UCF and Shit's Creek. So <laughs> I, I people understand my brand. I'm appreciating it. But yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that, that has been consistent here is everybody's obviously a little worried about Marte. But right. I think the biggest thing with this team, and we've seen it all year long, and, I, and Craig, you could attest to this as, as much as anybody, but when guys have gone down, other guys have stepped up the MVP of this team might've been Francisco Cervelli and he's not even on the roster yeah, he's because not of injuries, there. right? Yeah. So this team has constantly stepped up for the players who have either been out with COVID or have been out with injuries. Harold Ramirez is out for, with an injury all year after COVID. Other guys have stepped up in the outfield. Uh, Chad Wallach stepping up without Francisco Cervelli is sure. the second catcher. And so it's just another opportunity for, uh, yet another player to step up in, in Marte's absence. It is. Uh, let's see. Uh, potential starter for game three for the Cubs. It's probably going to be John Lester. Remember, they have the kid Mills who pitched very well during the regular season, also threw a no-hitter, so he's available without a doubt for that. Uh, as far as some other things, uh, 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 extension for Sandy. As far as Sandy is concerned right now, I think he'd probably be open to an extension. Remember, he still has many years before he'd become a free agent, and he isn't hit arbitration, I think, for two more. And uh, no no team is really talking any extension at the moment because they don't know the finances as to what things are going to look like in 2021. So do I think that Sandy would be open to signing an extension? Yes. Do I think that they will offer him one? I don't know. And that's uh, kind of where, where it stands there. And as we get into the offseason, I'm sure – that that I would hear about that. Brian Anderson, yep. somebody asked about him as far as an extension. I don't know if this is the time to to get through all this, but regardless of that, I reported that they started talking about a contract extension with him uh, last year and then again in March. There, there was never really a full framework of things, and I would expect at some point they'll start those talks back up again, but there was nothing really close as far as that is concerned. Yes, Aguilar is uh, under contract. They could have him again next year and beyond that 
I think we got it covered. I think we got it. I think we did it. So look at us. Great job by you. Everything looks fantastic. You did a great job putting all this together. Excellent. Thanks, Craig. I appreciate it. I can't believe it actually worked. That's I'm. It worked. It it worked, and the Marlins won. How about what a day? Who knew? Who knew it was possible? And now the Miami Heat play in the finals in two hours. I mean, I'm just revved and ready to go. I love it. Yeah. So Uh, thank you, thank you, thank everybody who who came in, and thank you to watch, and thank you to everybody who watched. We really appreciate it. And rest assured, we'll be back here for Game Two of the postseason tomorrow. And if there is no game three, that means that the Marlins are moving on to the next round. So thank you for supporting us. Thank you for supporting Swings and Mishes. Certainly we do appreciate it. And I hope you guys and girls enjoy the rest of your night. And we'll see you back here tomorrow again for game two. Go Marlins.